This is episode 627 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's podcast, I visit with Samantha Biggers of Backdoor Survival and her 50-day-plus bug-in experience. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is usually an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website. But from time to time, I interview members of the preparedness community who can bring a ton of value and information to your preparedness. Links for this podcast can be found in the show notes or on theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. Hey, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website, so you know you can trust it. Other benefits include members-only videos and periodic webinars. So This is a great value for $20 a year. For more information, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Hey, before we jump into our podcast episode, I want to just uh, give a, a quick shout out to LA Girl 818 from the UK. Again, from the UK. Thank you guys. Uh, left a review and, and says, I love this guy. Simple, sensible, and full of tips and help. Common sense approach. Really love that review. Simple to the point. And uh, it really, like I said, it's a blessing when I see something like that come across. And it really helps when people are deciding to I don't know, listen to the to the episode or the podcast or not, and they see something like that, like, hey, let's go ahead and give it a try. So uh, that's always uh, so uh, so beneficial, and it's a blessing to me. And I just want to say thank you so much to LA Girl 818 from the UK for doing that. Hey, I want to let you know that I might change things up on the podcast for this week, and, and maybe even longer, I don't know. Uh, my school district has canceled uh you know work and so basically you know i'm at home and and i've been hunkering down pretty much for the this last week we were on spring break and we went right into this this shutdown and uh so i'm gonna be home and so i'm thinking that i might do some more podcast episodes um, back in the day when we started out i was doing five days a week and uh, you know it got to a point where that was just really hard when you know you've got work and more responsibilities are, are given to you at work and with church and all the other things that are going on I guess since I'm, I'm at home and I've got a little bit of extra time I mean there's not it's not like I don't have things that I can do but I just thought that it would be something that that I can do and maybe add to the preparedness community so it's giving me another opportunity to maybe record the podcast episodes you know early in the day where in the you know Back in the day when I was doing it five days a week, I would have to do it at night and everything kind of shut down in my home. And so I'm thinking that might work out. I might be able to reach out to other people and get interviews. And uh, so, you know, provide a little bit more value to you out there. So be looking for that. I was thinking, I'm just trying to think ahead and provide interviews or articles of things that will help you as we're moving forward, as, as we see this coronavirus and, and the economic situation and all the things that are out there, as we see it evolving and, you know, trying to provide some kind of a, of a podcast that would, would benefit you greatly. And uh, yeah, I don't know, there might be also some just generic preparedness episodes in there as well. So I really don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I don't have it planned out, but I just wanted to share that that's my goal 
is to try to uh, put out more episodes this week. And as long as I have that ability to do that and I'm here at home and hunkering down, uh, you know, trying to provide that out there for those that, that would want to listen. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our interview of the podcast. Uh, I've interviewed Samantha Biggers before, and uh, always she always has great information. She uh, she writes, like I said, over at Backdoor Survival, and I've linked to a lot of her articles. I have read a lot of her articles on this podcast before, and so she she provides a lot of value to the preparedness community. Uh, one of the things that really caught my interest is an article that she wrote, and now it's probably about, mm, I don't know, about maybe two or three weeks old now, uh, where she was talking about that her and her husband, were Matt, they were bugging in, and they were looking at the things that were going on in China and decided and realized that this thing was going to be a global pandemic. And so they decided to start hunkering down and uh, protecting themselves. And there's really great reasons why she's doing that. And I applaud her for doing that. And it's something that we all need to be thinking about. Uh, I'm telling you, I've, I've been on social media a little bit more. People know how I hate Facebook, but I've been on social media a little bit more. And I'm just, you know, there are people on both sides of the aisles and sometimes I'm like man I know why I don't like being on social media it's just like some people they don't even make sense with with what they're saying but she really they really put a lot of thought into what they were doing and I thought it would be very helpful for her to come in and talk to us as things are really really gearing up now uh, in in the the United States and in other parts of the world because again this this podcast goes all over the world and maybe we can learn something from her experience and so i really wanted her to come on and talk a little bit about her 50 day plus experience so when we recorded this and this was actually we re recorded it yesterday um you know she talks about uh, her 50 days into bugging in and all the things that go into it and let me tell you something you know when we talk about bugging in and bugging out and we think it's it's you know we, we have our plans and we have it in our head she was talking about it's a lot harder than than people think and people might realize. And so, uh, you know, great interview here and a lot of great experience. After the interview, she did send me a couple of messages because she started playing back the interview in her head and just wanted to make sure that she was clear on a couple of things. She did say that, uh, and so I'm just kind of quoting what she said here. We didn't get into this, but Matt and I definitely bought up some things that may be hard to find and things needed to fix stuff like tire patch kits and tire slime, also cotton goods, household stuff that is needed and made in India or China, socks and extra pairs of shoes. Now is a good time to hit up Amazon warehouse and get an extra pair of boots before they are not there. I got $200 worth of shoes for $40 recently. And then she also said this, just if anyone asks you about supply chain stuff, the situation goes way beyond food and medicine. Everything we normally use is produced in China or India for the most part. And so she just wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, I told the listeners that, that, you know, shared that because we, we talk a lot about the medicine and the food, but really we, we've talked about the global supply chain. There's a lot of things that we don't think about and even stuff like cotton goods. And she talks a little bit about that in the interview. 
but you know she wanted to make sure that hey there this is the time right now although things are crazy and you've seen the pictures and you've heard the stories out on social media of what's going on out there in grocery stores and and you know toilet paper and, and all that kind of stuff right but she's like this is the time really that you start to to really think through what you need and there's still a lot of opportunity to order online. Now, there are stories, I'm hearing stories of people that have ordered online or ordered to go pick up at the grocery stores and things are getting canceled. I saw that Amazon is is uh, saying, you know, it's possible that you might experience longer delays in getting your packages just because of, you know, things getting out there and, and so many people ordering online. But now is the time if there are things that you need you know, to really look into those types of things and, and really think about it. So I think this is a great interview. I hope you enjoy it and it is a blessing to you and it will help you in your preparedness journey as we are figuring out where we are and how we are maneuvering this, this world that we're living in right now with the coronavirus. So let's go ahead and jump into our interview with Samantha Biggers of Backdoor Survival. Hey, Samantha, welcome again to the Prepper Website Podcast. Hi, it's good to be here. <laughs> hey, you and your husband, Matt, decided to bug in really early on. How long have you been in this mode and, and why did you decide to do it so early? Uh, it's about 50 days now. We did our last run to town on the 31st of January. Yeah. Um, we decided to do it early because just the way what was going on in the news and I have my father uh, right down the road and he has health issues and it honestly, it's kind of my job to pay attention to this, these situations so I can help other people prepare and, you know, guide them through some of this stuff. So you pay attention to the news. It started looking kind of like it was time to consider making that trip to the store and then staying at home. So, I mean, when you decided to finally do it, right, you and, you and Matt, uh, finally, well, before you, you started uh, bugging in, what, was, what were the conversations like with you and Matt? What were y'all talking about? The news, just what was going on in China. It's, it started looking pretty, pretty bad. Uh, I, Matt pays attention to the news more than I do. I, I paid more attention since it started. And uh, he just pointed out to me and we started monitoring the situation more and it just grew more disturbing. I I have a background in science. He took a few science classes as well. But I, I started thinking about the microbiology classes I took in school and it just started scaring me. I've always been fascinated by like DNA sequences and cells and I started reading about where this was supposed to have come from and they started sequencing it. And it was just like, no, this is not good. There's a good chance that this is man-made and that's very frightening. So what, what were y'all talking about as far as specifics where you're like, are there things we need to get? Are there, you know, what do we need to consider? Uh, can you take me through maybe one of the more memorable conversations you had? You know, it was over time. We just started, I mean, we, we went to the grocery store and we got a few fresh things and we went to the feed store and got some stuff for our animals. But we started mostly just doing mail order and we started going through our prep and seeing where the gaps were. And 
just monitoring the situation, watching Chris Martin sit at peak prosperity and his updates. He's he's really good. Um, the videos out of China started being more and more disturbing. When you start seeing people in lab coats marching around with guns, keeping people in their houses, that's pretty serious. Uh, so we just started thinking about what we needed for the farm and for for us. What 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 do we need if we have to if we get this? What medications? What? And I started reading a lot, and so did Matthew about treatments that people were using in China. Uh, what can you do to treat the, the effects if you do get this? What what can we do? Because we don't have insurance. We don't. We can't just go to the doctor without getting a huge bill. And also, you want to kind of. It's tempting to stay out of hospitals and places when something is so serious. And it just there was a lot of red flags about that. This was something that was just. I know I keep saying serious, but the the actions they took in China just spoke for themselves. You know, and that's interesting. You said that because I have mentioned that to uh, a lot of people. I've actually said that on the podcast, right? You're, they, the numbers might not all be accurate, but you can look at the actions that the Chinese government took, and that speaks volumes when you're shutting down a city that's bigger than New York. And then it wasn't just one city. They were shutting down a lot of cities. And, you know, a, a communist government, they, they want to be an economic power, and, and they are. They don't want to hurt their economy. And so the fact that they were doing that spoke volumes to me uh, as well. Uh, were you concerned that, you know, as you saw the numbers going up in China, that people were just, you were, you, were you assuming that people were already traveling to the United States or that it was already here? Or, you know, was that a, were you just trying to hunker down early on to kind of get used to it? Part of it was we wanted to get into good habits now because you have to change your lifestyle somewhat. And that's hard. That's how I don't care who you are. That's a very hard thing to do. Um, like accepting packages in the mail, getting used to doing that safely because you make mistakes in the beginning. Well, if there's not really as much of a threat in the beginning, you make a mistake. That's one thing. If you make that mistake later on, that could mean that you get sick or, you know, something could happen. So it was some of it was to just get started early. Also, to, to not have to run to the store and feel like that we needed to be in crowds to see what's happening today. I'm very thankful to not be at the store right now. Um, it's The pictures I'm seeing of bare shelves is quite frightening. And there's going to be a lot of people go to the store next week and expect to be able to find things. And it might not be there. Yeah. No, we, you know, my wife and I, we were on spring break this uh, this last week, and you know things were pretty easy early on in the week. You know we we went and topped off and, and different things like that, and of course we were topping off way before as well, and just getting things that as we were thinking about you know what was going on and, and how bad it would get and and uh, going through all of that, and then our school district announced that, and I live in the Houston area, the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo was going on that shut down. And our school district shut down. And that's when I think people started realizing, oh, wait a minute, this is, this is a little bit more serious than just what's going on in, 
maybe China or Italy or Iran or things that are going on on the east or west coast. And that's when I saw, you know, people that I know on social media start talking about what the stores were like, uh, you know, online. And that, like you said, uh, store shelves were, were emptying out. And even this morning, I saw people posting very early in the morning that shelves were empty. And uh, so, yeah, that's one of those things that you, you don't want to be stuck in that situation waiting, waiting, and then, and then you, you know, you find out that there's not anything there. You get stuck with, you know, the vegetables that nobody wants to eat, right? Like hominy and, and, and different mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, exactly. you know, we've experienced that during the, uh, during hurricanes, you know, and, and I've, I've joked around a lot about that, but that's very, that's very true. And those people that are paying attention, that's why I always say you got to stay prepped and informed, right? You got to, you got to stay uh, aware of what's going on uh, and so that you are able to to make moves if you have to because not I don't I mean there's, there's some people out there that are at a a readiness to where they can completely like lock their doors and they're good and there's other people out there like you know what I really I'm good but I, I would like to top off I would there's some things that I would like to get you know as uh, as I'm thinking through this and so I guess that that leads me to my next question what did you, what did you, what did you do to prepare? Now you talked about, uh, you know, starting early and you talked about, you know, dealing with, with packages as they were, they were coming and, and things like that. But um, can you walk us through what kinds of things you did to prepare to bug in long-term? Um, we made a lot of lists and it seemed like we were always thinking of something else that we needed, but we just started going through things, making lists, and planning for, you know, a long time out. Because there's a lot of uncertainty here. If they say, you know, everybody needs to be ready for two weeks, I don't believe that. I think it people need to be ready for longer um, because they don't know. They really don't. The powers that be do not know. <laughs> uh, so... And we just, you know, read about a lot of the treatments and therapies that were being used in China as well. And some of the, just the symptoms and effects, you know, like, for example, they mentioned that heart rate could go up if you get coronavirus the second time. So we looked into uh, homeopathic remedies, like what could help slow your heart rate if you do have a high heart rate. And so we bought like valerian and motherwort and hawthorn, things like that. Um, I, we did go as far as buying like an oxygen machine and mask because it costs less than what one doctor's visit for one person in this household would, um, it, how, it would take, you know, and I, my father has got health issues. So I was worried about him being 74 years old. And if he got pneumonia or something, uh, cause oxygen is really important. So we did go that far um and we we just tried to keep up with what was going on a little bit we tried to approach it from all levels like we got essential oils i have some people put more you know, stock into essential oils than others uh they're good as a they're not a replacement for modern medicine but they can help you know something like uh, camphor and an inhaler can help or congestion, things like that. 
Can you, you know, you, you mentioned about, uh, you did a lot of online uh, ordering and then packages would come in. Can you tell us a little bit about how you disinfected your, the packages? Uh, can you walk us through that? Well, when, when they get dropped at the door, before I even touch them, put on gloves and get bleach, bleach solution and completely spray the outside with bleach. Uh, in the beginning, say like the first week of February or so when we got stuff, we would just do that and then we'd take it up and then open it and just bleach the inside of everything and rub, you know, wipe it down before we brought it in the house. After that, it was like, well, this is a lot of work. So we just start bleaching the outside and then we'd quarantine the package for two weeks to a month, just depending on our schedule and not open it until then. And then even then I'm still wiping it down using gloves. Both of us are just to be safe. Uh, they say it can live on the coronavirus can live on surfaces for up to nine days. So we're, we're going a little beyond that just to be safe because it's, you know, I don't necessarily need everything right from me then and there. I didn't want to be trying to buy everything at once. So, uh, yeah, mostly bleach and gloves. And I mean, if you really need need something right then and there, uh, you, you should probably wipe the outside down with bleach as an actual like, product. You know, a lot of people were talking about the bleach is well, one of the things that was, you know, flying off the shelves. When you said a bleach solution, what are you, are you watering it down? What are you doing uh, to make that solution? Uh, it's, a, you know, I think it's, I've just been splashing. I've been going a little overboard. I've probably been mixing that stronger than I should. They say a 0.1% solution uh, is, will kill coronavirus within one minute. That's, that's the guidelines. I've been going a little overboard because that's just how I am. <laughs> I'll just flash in a little extra to be safe because it does break down over time and I might be using it over a few hours or something. Uh, there's some guidelines online for just mixing up a 0.1% solution, but that's the cheapest way to kill this stuff. Uh, some people are using UV lights and other methods. Uh, from what I can gather, it really hates the sunlight. Uh, but I don't really know how long you need to expose something to sunlight to kill it. So I'm just using bleach. Or if you can't find bleach, bleach tablets work really well. I, Amazon probably has sold out of them. I was telling people more than a month ago to get bleach tablets when I first started writing about this. Uh, but because it's they're shelf-stable and they fit in a small space. But Lysol, people are using that. I, I've been using just bleach. I, you can also use like color safe bleach, which is like OxyClean will work, but it breaks down really fast. So if you mix it up, you're going to want to use that really quick. Okay, cool. You, you said that you learned some, some lessons early on or there, you made some mistakes is there any mistakes you want to share with us? Like, hey, you know, I, early on we did this and we realized we needed to stop or anything like that? Just touching. The, the whole routine was like using gloves properly and masks. Like we use masks a lot for like 
spray in our vineyard and things like that. But when you're dealing with something that's biological like this, just if you're touching something that you haven't sanitized, even though you have gloves on, but then you go and touch something else. Uh, also, just bring, if you have clothes on, like if you're not using a suit, you go into your house and you might have like touched something. Just being more careful about that, like getting into good habits of bringing things into the house, knowing when, you know, like we, we actually did go out one time during this. And I, just to be clear about, oh, it, it was a week ago or something. We went out and at 4 a.m. when no one was around and filled up some gas cans. So we have some gas for the farm. We don't really need a lot of gas to keep our farm going. We've got a Kawasaki mule we use and some weed eaters. But we wanted to get a little extra in case we have to be at home for six months or something. And we went out at 4 a.m., but we we took the cans and Matt used gloves at the pump and we went straight home. So it was like 30 minutes and there was like no one around. So we, we kind of didn't even want to do that. It was amazing how many people were actually out and about at 4 a.m. The first gas station, we were like, oh, there's a bunch of people. No way. So we went to a, an Ingalls gas station that is away from the grocery store and not attended, and there was no one around. So that was good. So what what are some of the biggest challenges that you have encountered in in your bug-in experience that you can share with others? I know your situation. I mean, you live, you're, you're homesteading. You, you and Matt, you have land. Um, you know, so your situation is going to be a little bit different than, than everybody else. But what are some of the biggest challenges that you've experienced? Uh, making a lot of things. If you, you know, that if you don't put the time into some, like making something, sometimes it's not going to be there for you. Like we've been making like all our own beer and all our own bread. If I don't make bread, we don't have bread. You know, it's that simple. Uh, you know, like, making we have a vineyard so you know we have wine and such but if i want it, there's no going to the store for canned beer it, that that's made at home uh, <laughs> uh just keeping up with that type of thing and all the meals came from scratch to begin with but it's even more so now there's not a bunch of convenience food uh, i bought a lot of flour instead of buying a bunch of you know free you know dried pasta and things like that because I have to eat a specific type of wheat called einkorn because I regular wheat I, I just can't digest it so I had and my wheat the wheat I eat comes from Italy so I stocked up a lot because you know what's happening in Italy and it's imported to the U.S. and there's some here but I don't know how much is here so uh cleaning and sanitizing the packages is a real hassle to be honest with you I, Normally, you know, you get something in the mail, you open it up, you throw the packaging away or recycle it. it you don't have to go through all this, this sanitation and, you know, wondering, did I miss something? Uh, we don't want to risk dragging this in and getting my dad sick or ourselves sick. My dad's at the age where the fatality rate for this is very high. Um, we, If we get sick, there's absolutely nobody around to take care of us. So we're just trying to be really careful. Um, it's a lot of work actually <laughs> the farm and the, you know, just making stuff and trying to maintain 
quality of life is going to vary, you know, but we've been trying to just maintain our quality of life as much as possible, like everybody else. But I would say definitely making things and keeping the dogs away from the fences somewhat, because I, I know that they say dogs can't get this, but dogs have tested positive and I find it very hard to believe that if a dog does, has it on their in their nose and their fur or something that they couldn't pass that on that just that's hard for me to make sense of that that's that dogs can test positive but they can't carry it I uh, people let their dogs run loose a lot around here but I have a fence place but that doesn't mean they can't like snuffle noses at the fence line or something luckily we have some interior fences but it's like our dogs are on board with it now. They kind of understand that our lifestyles change because we're not leaving as much and there's certain rules and they've kind of got on board with it. Like, yeah, this is okay. We're going to do it like this. So it's just been challenging because they're used to having the run of the place. And, you know, you and Matt stay on your homestead. Um, you know, I remember from the previous interview, um, y'all don't do a lot as far as going out to the city and, and, you know, the nightlife and all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, um, so has it been hard to not be around other people? I mean, to socialize with other people though, has that been an no. issue? No, no. Not, not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Actually, I don't really have much in common with people my age and I never went, when we went to town, it was to get stuff. I, I do miss getting to see Matt's parents. They're a 45-minute drive from us. We keep in contact with them and such. But besides that, I really don't, even when this is all over, if I get through it okay and I make it through, I don't think I'm going to go to town as much as I did before even. <laughs> it's not, I'm like, I save time just being at home. I can get more done. My, my writing's at home. My, my farm's at home. I can do more. So what, um, what are y'all doing to, for entertainment and stuff like, I mean, you've got the internet, you know, this isn't like, you know, the apocalypse where everything is gone, right? You've got the internet. Are you, uh, and you, you said you're writing and I'm sure making everything from scratch and, and doing all that is taking more time than normal. But, uh, is there anything that you've done differently as far as entertainment based or, do y'all sit around um, and, I don't know, look up new sites at night or find out what's going on out there? Is there anything different because of your bug-in experience that you're doing? Mostly, I'm, I probably stay online a little more than I should. And part of that is just because I've been trying to, like, help people through this more. Being involved with some of the prepper forums and such online and, and help people through this. Um, also, just paying attention to the news a lot because this is the situation's changing so quickly. Uh, but I mean, I, I have a lot of books. I got a whole bunch of paperbacks when this first started. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy about, I'm going to go into book outlet and I'm going to buy about 25 paperbacks. And I just, I have like 70 books to get. Through. So I'm just, I'm good on entertainment and we do have the internet. Um, for us, some things haven't really changed that much. Uh, we kind of already lived with kind of a bug-in lifestyle. So I, I've definitely, though, been online more talking to people and just trying to help where I can because I can't – that's all I can do. 
people seem pretty um upset especially right now and they're very sensitive to i've had to you know bite my tongue a few times because people will get set off by the least little thing i i've gotten called more names in the last week than i ever have in like two years of riding <laughs> it's a, a little bit much sometimes and part of that's because i a couple of articles got on zero hedge i interviewed somebody in italy and that caused a big um theme for some people so <laughs> yeah no i th definitely people's sensitivities are you know at a heightened stage right now mm -hmm. uh, all over the place i mean that's that's very evident just spending a little bit of time out there on social media but what would you do differently if you if this was, you know, if we would rewind six months back, what would you do differently than what you've done so far? I might have bought a tiller. I might have, you know, tried to buy a piece, a couple pieces of farm equipment a little sooner. I would have uh, probably bought a little more propane. I, I bought some electric appliances just as backup because power will, will stay on. But I, that's, that's about it. I, I we already kind of planned for something to happen. I mean, it's kind of my job. <laughs> Look ahead for that for that type of thing. Uh, that's about all I can think of at the moment. I'm sure there are other things. If I really started thinking for about thirty minutes on it, I'd do different. I'd come up with a bunch more. But <laughs> has has there been anything that you've really wanted, like you? You know, you're you're sitting there and you're like, man, I wish I would, I could have this or I wish I could have that. That just kind of has popped into your head a couple of times here in the last 50 days. Not really. <laughs> I, I haven't. I, I just, I'm a pretty simple person, really. I, I've got, you know, food and something to drink and my books and everybody doing okay and healthy i know i well and you're I still really think y'all are still working the, the the homestead right i mean it's yeah, not, yeah. So your situation is a little bit different than people that would be you know in the suburbs or whatever because they're they're in and of course you're, you're going outside and different things like that but um you have you have things to keep you busy i mean your your regular work uh there's people that are whatever their their businesses have closed down or or if they work for a school district or or whatever maybe they're telecommuting uh, whatever um things have changed for them a lot i mean they, they might still have work but it's, it's not exactly the same as as every day so um that might be helping to keep your sanity a little bit there you know going to uh you know going out and working the land and, and different things like that um what what advice would you give because we know now that there are, you know, like I mentioned earlier, my school district um, has has shut us down and, and say, okay, we're canceling classes. People I've heard from all over uh, as I'm watching the news and I'm getting alerts that there are school districts all over and in some states completely they've, they've shut down, some even all the way into April from where, you know, we're recording this in mid-March. So what advice would you give to people that are having to bug in or hunker down right now because of the coronavirus? 
stick to it. It's really serious. Uh, you know, don't make exceptions and let people into your home. That That's very hard to do. Um, you know, mail order can help provide you with some of the things you need. Uh, you have to look around. But a lot of times people have said, oh, there's not this or that. And there is online sometimes if you look. And there's you might have to make some exceptions. You might not be able to get your exact brand of this or that. Well, that's tough. I mean, that's just how it is. Uh, we need to be kind to each other and cut each other some slack as well. Uh, emotions can get high and people are getting stuck inside that normally can get away from each other. Uh, you know, you need to be able to say you're sorry. Uh, that can really go a long way. Um, entertainment and staying busy is important and having a routine, getting up in the morning, doing certain things. Uh, a lot of people are used to a routine, so any any routine will be helpful. Um, you know, you don't be tempted to go out, even if things get kind of crazy at home. Don't. Uh, it's not worth it. You might drag something back that affects everybody. Uh, good hygiene, disinfection practices, and, you know, let's remember this isn't going to last forever. Um, a lot of us had family that went through the Spanish flu, and that was horrible. But a lot of people came through it too. Uh, this this will pass at some point, and it might come in waves. We might it might be like Spanish flu, where there's two or three waves of it, where there's a slack period where things seem to be yeah, it's getting better, and then it might come back. Uh, you know, kids. I've thought a lot about like kids in this. I don't have any myself, but they deserve some level of honesty so they can stay safe. Because if they don't know how serious it is on some level, then how can you expect them to do what they need to do? Uh, you know, you don't have to tell them every horrible thing, but some level of honesty about what's going on so they can understand. The kids are really tough. I you know Selco talked about how tough the kids in, during the Balkan War were. They were really resilient and came through it a lot better than people expected in a lot of cases. Uh, you got to call and check on your family and friends, like Skype, what what we're doing here, talking. You can talk to your family. You can see them on the Internet. I did an article today about uh, the Internet companies are really coming through and helping people with better connections and doing away with disconnection. They won't disconnect your Internet for 60 days if you don't pay. Uh, they're offering free Internet to, to like people that have students in the home. There's all kinds of programs to help with that. And, you know, you need to take some time and not think about the situation. I I need to follow that piece of advice myself. I've thought about it so much. It's just a constant thing, and it's very hard to take your mind off of it. But we all need to try to do that at some point. What, what have you thought through if uh, we were still to be in this same situation maybe three, four months down the road? Have you Have you thought about that? Um, yeah, I'm hoping that this, uh, dies down in the summer enough to where people can like resupply and have at least a few months of normalcy in some way, uh, because the heat, sometimes viruses, I mean, viruses generally do die down when it gets hotter. Uh, so I'm hoping for that, but this could last a long time. Uh, Spanish flu took a long time to burn out, and it came in, like I believe, three waves. And the first one, when there's a virus, 
first wave tends to be the hardest and most brutal in some ways because people are not prepared, they're not used to it. And the second time it comes through, they've had some experience. And I, I don't think things will ever be the same for anyone, to be honest with you, because it's the globalism issue, the ports, where we get our supplies, things, we're not going to have as many inexpensive things. I mean, if you look at videos of the ports, like in LA, they're basically empty. I, the, the gravy train's kind of over for <laughs> inexpensive goods and having things all the time. I mean, we, we won't probably have stuff. I mean, stuff's being made in the United States. Some of the manufacturing is coming back. I noticed Walmart, for example. I've actually started shopping online at Walmart more than Amazon because, okay, the great value of sandwich bags. Let's, there's that example. They're made in the United States. The Ziploc bags, they're made in Thailand. Uh, I got some bath towels from Walmart made in the United States. Very inexpensive. So we're starting to, even before this, we were starting to see some manufacturing come back. And I think it's going to take some time. It will take years. And it, things will cost more. But it's just something we're all going to have to deal with. Yeah, I, I believe that things will change as well. I don't know to what extent. I'm hoping people will become more prepared and, and it will become a little bit more mainstream and, and not have the, the negative connotation that, you know, doomsday preppers and all that kind of stuff has with it. Um, my question here as we start to wind this down is how do you, how, how do you think that we need to help or what is the way to help people become more self-reliant out there? Um, you, you know, bouncing off of maybe this, you know, the COVID-19 situation or just the fact that, you know, uh, people are, maybe their eyes are opening up to the globalism and uh, how, how, you know, great things are when, when things are running, you know, smooth, but when there's a hiccup, oh yeah, there's going to be issues. So how can we help people become more self-reliant? Well, just encouraging people to, to prep gradually. I mean, if, if, if a lot of people had, you know, spent when they had five or $10, it doesn't have to be a fortune on here and there. If they'd done that over the course of a year, they, they might not have even had to went to the grocery store when this happened, except for like, a few luxury, you know, items. Uh, people need to learn learn that they're on their own a bit when it comes to some things. That this we we're lucky to have grocery stores and stuff where their things are always there. But what if it's not there? I mean, you don't have any control over that supply chain as an average person. We also need to something I've noticed in this this is somewhat off topic, but related is there's a lot of smugness that I really don't like. People are like, well, I told you so you should have known better. Like, you know what? Not everybody grew up in a household where they were taught to prepare. I, I did an article on, you know, here building up the last minute food stash because people don't necessarily know what to buy. They didn't grow up in a household like I did where, we always had a stockpile of 
stuff and we were ready to stay at home for 10 days or two weeks or something because it snowed. The younger generations were not taught that. We don't need to make fun of them. Yes, yes, I, I agree. Everybody should be prepared, but now's not the time to make fun of people or to act smug or and some of this hoarding i mean i people like the toilet paper thing oh my goodness one lady was bragging online about having two thousand rolls of toilet paper now she, she actually talked about being smug about sitting in her office and uh, thinking about other people not having it and her having that much that's just bizarre i mean we don't need to we need to help each other learn how to be more prepared and be like, okay. I mean, that's why the, the fellow I interviewed in Italy, he was like, you know, I, I need, I have my parents here. I went out and bought all this food. What do y'all think? And I, I messaged, private messaged him with him some stuff. You know, he was asking legitimate advice and I'm looking at Facebook sometimes and people are, there's a lot of, I told you so. That's not helpful. Uh, we, we've got to just, you know, be supportive of each other, and yeah, people aren't, they don't know these things, but now that this has happened, I think some people think others will just go back to being unprepared. They'll forget all about it when this is over. I don't think so. I think this really had an impact. I think that, of course, there will be a few, but a lot of people are, this is a real wake-up call. I don't know that they'll ever let it happen again. I, I think back, my grandma went through the Great Depression, and even when she was older and things were just great, you know, great with the food supply and the chain, she had habits that she never hit. And sometimes we were like, you know, Mama, you don't have to do that. And she'd be like, waste not, want not. <laughs> you know, I, I think that there's going to be quite a bit of that. And uh, so if you, if, if you see somebody online, they're like, oh, my goodness, I can't find this and I really need this don't be like I told you so try to try to find it for them you know it might be online be like I've been sending people links like someone was saying you know my my uh my my sister couldn't find you know baby wipes for formula and I was like well look here Walmart online you know next day delivery and also you know goat smoke goat smoke you can use that in a pinch so even if somebody's kind of like, make, even if they're making fun of preppers or, or saying like, we, we don't have stuff because people are hoarding, you're like, well, you can get this here. You know, because it, it just doesn't do any good to be smug about it and get nasty with people. People are upset. Let's cut each other some slack and try to help each other. You know, it's, uh, it's great that you said that. Uh, I, I shared that last week, I think, uh, on, on the episode. I think this is the time where we can shine as preppers and we can help other people out. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad to hear you say that. And I, I see a lot of that online. I do see a lot of the, I told you so stuff. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I read someone, I think it was in, in the prepper website, Facebook group. They said, uh, I feel a little vindicated, right? Because uh, I've been prepping all this time and, and my family, I think, I think it was his wife uh, told him, uh, Hey, I, I'm glad you prepped or something to, to that effect. Um, everyone knows my disdain for, for Facebook and, and all of that, but I know that there's people in, in you know, the proper website Facebook group, and so I started throwing some things out there, like, hey, let's help people out, and uh, you know, where do you think this is going? What are you doing with your food storage? What are you concerned about? 
And uh, there was a lot of interaction more than, than ever on those, those threads. But I did preface it with, hey, I'm not into hearing people start making fun of you, you know, other people or whatever. I don't want to see that. Uh, I told you so thing. If so, I, I'm just going to ban you, right? I'm just going to just get rid of you because I don't, I don't want my group to be part of that. Although I hate going to Facebook, and, uh, but I know that there's a lot of people there and that's a place where we can help. So I'm kind of uh, just dealing with it, sucking it up. Although, uh, pre although Prepper website is still banned on Facebook, um, I'm not. Oh, no, uh, it still is. Uh, I can't even share my my email. Someone uh, private messaged me and asked me for my email, and when I put it in there, it it told me that I couldn't do it. So I had to do like uh, the dot com. I had to write that out instead of put a dot in there. So whatever. But you know, we can help people out as much as possible, like, like you mentioned, and I think that's that's good. And I'm hoping that people will walk away from this because like you said earlier, this will come to an end. We will get through it. And I'm hoping that people will realize that, you know what, we need to be a little bit more self-reliant and not uh, depend on the, you know, the global supply chain so much or depend on what the grocery store has or depend on what the government has for us. Uh, we need to be better prepared. Absolutely. And it's, I, another thing is this virus is bringing out the worst in people. I have seen people being like, I hope so-and-so gets this, or I'd laugh. And I'm just like, I don't care who you are, what you've done to me. I would never wish that on anyone. And I, I, I said on Facebook, I was like, if you, if you say that, just go ahead and unfriend me and save me the trouble. Cause I'm not going to have people like that on my, you know, feed or account like that. No. No. Well, I mean, on Twitter, the, the hashtag uh, boomer remover was, was uh, trending. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Boomer remover. I'm like, are you kidding me? So that, yeah, that's crazy. And, you know, it could have been someone did it as, as a funny thing, but, you know, for someone who, yeah, and that's the thing, when everybody is saying it's just a flu, it's just a flu, uh, it's affecting older people. And exactly like where you're coming from, you have an older parent, right? Who has, mm -hmm. who has health issues. I have older parents as well and uh, in-laws and, you know, all my family lives here in the, in the Houston area. I don't want them getting sick and no. I don't want, I don't want them having to deal with this. So when someone is just saying, ah, oh, it's only affecting older people, like, wait a minute, let's, let's really think about what you're saying. Are, are there no older people in your life that you might be concerned about? And so it, I think it's, it's prudent to be a little bit more uh, protective and take a little bit more, take some more precautions as we are, uh, you know, in, in this one situation. Hey, as we, as we close out, any final advice for anybody that is, is hunkering down? You know, we can, we can go, I mean, there's people I'm sure that are listening to this who still don't feel like they have enough food, that they don't have, uh, you know, the, the hygiene products that they want and, and different things like that. Um, I mean, definitely continue, you know, looking at the store and, and doing what you can, but is, is there any other advice as we close out here that, that you want to leave us with? Stay out of the stores if you can. There are so many people that are just like, they're clumping together. And I think that a lot of people might have rushed out and bought stuff that maybe they needed it. Maybe they didn't. But you can get infected being that 
enclosed with people. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that you can still get online if you look around. Uh, over time, this the, the real panic buying and the, I hate to even use that word, but it, it'll, it'll be less and things will get restocked. And I, if you need something else after you make that final run to the store, don't be tempted to go out for just little things. Like try to find it online and have it dropped off and just sanitize it. Like that's, you're going to reduce your contact a lot. Uh, you know, think about what you buy. I have to question the whole like water issue, people running out to get bottled water. Uh, Unless you're really concerned that your water is going to get cut off, I maybe can't get a few cases, but you'd be better off probably getting like a gravity-fed water filter. Like I know you like the Hydro Blue. I like Hydro Blue; they're great. I used one of those at Prepper Camp. Uh, you know, you just fill up the bag and you can gravity feed your water. And hey, you got water. And if you want to put some back in jugs, well, buy the jugs and put it back. Uh, this people are filling up their carts and they're risking their lives at this point to get things like that. And you just, you need to think about what you're doing and not just go get what everybody else is. Uh, some people are saying, don't buy things that you don't normally buy because you're not going to, well, I don't agree with that. Uh, you might have to eat some pinto beans and rice and don't forget the spices. Everybody like saffron is really nice. You can still order that for all that white rice you put back. Uh, you know, you might have to eat some things and learn to cook and do some stuff that you normally don't have to do. I mean, some people were mad because they couldn't get their specific brand of something. Well, you might have to get another brand. Like, buy, get what you can, you know. Just don't get stuck on that I only use this or this. You're going to have to make some exceptions, probably. We all are. Uh, but, you know, at least you got something to eat and you know, if you got your health, that's a, that means a lot. It definitely means a whole lot. Hey, Sam, thanks so much for being on the podcast again and sharing with us your, uh, you know, your insights as far as your experience in, into debugging in and hunkering down. Uh, once again, can you share with us where people can find you to learn more about what you're doing online? Uh, backdoor Survival, uh, just BackdoorSurvival.com. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Sam. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, thank you once again, Samantha, for taking your time and sharing with us your experience. Guys, I hope that that was uh, something very valuable for you as far as, you know, bugging in and thinking that through, you know, really, we haven't ever been in a situation like that. Uh, where where a lot of us have had to bug in. Um, I know that maybe you know during Hurricane Harvey there was times where we were you know kind of hunkered down for a little bit. But this is a, a long term scenario, a long term event. So I'm hoping that there was some great uh, some great advice that you were able to glean from that interview with Samantha Biggers. So again, go check her out over at Backdoor Survival. She does, uh, you know, she writes a lot of great information, and I've linked to Backdoor Survival in the show notes so that you can go right over there and just kind of explore the website. A lot of good stuff over there. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 627. Hey, to subscribe to the show, make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app or head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, 
If you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head over to PrepperWebsite.com where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles that are out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week or tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.